I just have one thing about Don to say about Don Sweeney. <laughs> I have a hunch what it's going to be. <laughs> I think I know too. Sweeney! <laughs> <laughs> I think we were both right, Jeff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, that's what I thought was coming. <laughs> You're listening to Barely on Topic with VA. When I think of a slap shot, I think of defenseman. It's like the only shot. I, this is what I got. Let's do it. Nick. Here comes the bagel boy himself. Anthony. Joe Sackman Sacco. Jeff. Then I moved to Canada. And Tim. Probably not. Barely in Topic, Season 2, Episode 31. I know what episode it is. Today is a very exciting day. We're going to talk about end-of-league year stuff. So fun. Eventually, we're going to talk about the expansion draft. The predictions lists were just released this morning, and I don't know about the rest of you, but I was all like, Oh my god! The protection lists are here! The protection lists are here! Like that scene from The Jerk. He's like, The new phone book is here! The new phone book is here! <laughs> The British are coming! The British are coming! That's what I was thinking. No, no, the jerk. Oh, it's so great. He's so excited about this completely mundane thing. Although the protection lists are a lot more exciting, I would say. Um, Well, in theory. But There there were things that made it interesting today, but we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. We we really have to wrap up the Stanley Cup final shit. (sighs) Alright, so Nick gets to take a victory lap on the fact that he was right that the Penguins would win. Guys, I'm taking my victory lap. Yeah. All right. I obviously was running. I could have driven a car, but I chose to run. It kind of defeats the purpose if you run fast enough to put yourself out of breath. Well, I've been running for a while. I mean, it was a week ago. You hit a home run. Do you go around those bases really fast? No, you just soak it all up. It's like, come on. Just give me all the love and adoration now. I'm not giving you love. He'd more like move on and take 45 minutes to do it, mostly because he couldn't go faster. Okay. Um, um, here's the thing, though. I, I, I picked five games that won in six. I wish I wish the Predators would have won, though. Don't we all? Fuck the pens. I was, and... uh, yeah, I, I was upset about it originally. My first uh, posts, both vlog and Twitter posts, were not exactly happy. But it all cleared up the next day when Nick Benino blocked me on Twitter. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> just funny because so many people were savage to him over that picture but no nope he blocked you um it could have been the roman yossi profile pic i have since changed it to an actual picture of me so it's weird <gasps> yeah. what were you saying that was a bad picture was no like, it's just like oh is that va it can't be va because that's an actual picture of va no it's va she's using an actual picture of herself i know uh, it was so weird. I, I just, I don't know. I just did it. But anyway, I was very mad. And then I, I retweeted the, uh, the uh, Nick Benino's tweet about, you know, winning the second Stanley Cup or something. I don't even remember what his tweet said. But I was just like, nothing says Stanley Cup or winning a second Stanley Cup like drinking cheap champagne. I guess I could pull up the original tweet. That was the sentiment of the tweet. I did say it was a cheap ch- champagne choice. It was Corbell. The price point on that is 12 bucks. Spraying champagne should be cheap. That's fine. Don't waste Dom on that. But if you're drinking, don't drink that. All I'm saying is that Pittsburgh could have spent like 20 bucks more a bottle and gotten Moet and I wouldn't have said a word. 
It would have been fine because it's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I mean, they're, they're supposed to be a team, a successful team in the NHL. I think you could just spring a little bit for that. It is wasteful. Who gives a shit? Come on I was going to say, Mario, you can, afford, you can afford good champagne, even for spraying. It's fucking Corbell. So, I don't Mario, know. Mario Lemieux is a cheap bastard. That's what it is. Right. If it's yeah. one of those things where you're saying, like, we didn't have the champagne, we had to go find something at the last minute, uh, I almost believe you, but I, I really don't. If it's one of those That's things... That's such bullshit. There was a, it was a... Cl- it was a... It was a uh, anyway. Anyway, yeah. Yes. Look, the, the point is, is that yes, I made a uh, a comment about that. I was joking around. He blocked me. I think it's fucking hilarious. I don't go about my life going. I hope I get blocked by somebody on Twitter. I I don't. I don't want to be a troll. I just said that it was a cheap choice. You know how I am about champagne. I'm very yeah. real and serious about my champagne. If you're you don't winning fuck a, around, yo. If you don't fuck around. I, you know how I celebrate? I celebrate getting a bottle of Dom by drinking a bottle of Dom. (laughs) (laughs) When you buy a Dom, when you buy a bottle of Dom, it's already indication. It's a celebration right there in your mouth. It's great. And you can really get very drunk off of it. But anyway. (laughs) Yes, you can. Oh my God. So, and you know, and Nick's like, well, you know, I've had Corbell when I celebrated some hockey thing and it's like and that's fine i'm also um you know poor right <laughs> if you did that well i mean you, you i'm you get what i'm saying is that yeah yeah oh no you, no no offense taken yeah you drink that i have no problem with that you know what i mean that's yeah. made 1.9 million dollars this year though well the organization how much did the organization make and again mario lemieux can afford it right so fucking cheap champagne choice Pittsburgh, and I think it's hilarious you you blocked me, Nick Medino, and no hard feelings. I I, I really seriously think it's funny, uh, and it made me feel way better about the whole Stanley Cup final thing. Because if you're gonna get that twit hurt, oh yes, twit hurt, nice twit hurt about the fact that I said you were drinking tweet champ uh, cheap champagne, then go fuck yourself. That's all I have to say about it. You know. Here's something else about this is possibly the most upsetting. Um, if you look at the freaking Penn's cap situation and like who their free agents are, there is no reason to believe they can't. They won't be reasonably well positioned to repeat again. So they got you know salary coming off the books in the form of Kunitz. They lose. They'll, they'll lose either. Flurry or Haglin in in expansion, and their free agents are either easily replaced internally or are going to be cheap. And it's kind of upsetting because I don't. I'm done. I've had enough of this Penguins experience. I was excited last year that Phil Kessel got a cup, and then I lost interest. Yep, yep. It was a feel good story of the year last year, and then this season it's more like, ugh, really? Can't you guys just fucking lose? And then Sidney Crosby getting the con Smythe. Yeah, again, the fuck. It should have been Malkin this year, just like it should have been Phil last year. I know, I know you have an issues with Malkin on the whole, you know, punching no. your boy. But, no. but like he should, it should have been Malkin to win the freaking Conn Smythe, just but. like it should have been Phil last year. But no, shit, fucking hate Sidney Crosby I- so much, and it's not even Sid's fault. I acknowledge I hate Sidney Crosby, and it's not his fault. I hate him. It's everyone else's fault that I hate him. I, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. <laughs> Uh, it's all the fucking ball washing. It's the star treatment. It's the we can't punish Sid. It's all of that. It's it's not Sidney Crosby himself. I'm sure he's a fine person. He's probably more personality than Taves, less personality than a chair. So, you know, as far as hockey goes, that's pretty good. <laughs> we need to t- have a timeout right now and talk about Jonathan Taves for a quick second. Okay. Why? We're not just going to talk about his ca- uh, Taves curve, his caves turf. Yeah. 
<laughs> We're not going to just talk about that. He is taking up the environmental mantle that Andrew Ferenc is, is the, the baton that he's taking it on. Have he you wasn't the that? only one. Colin Wilson also was uh, rolling with that on Instagram as well about the same time. Right, because they're buddies. Yeah. But the whole thing is, is that Jonathan Taves is like, when you think of people around the league, do you think Colin Wilson before you think Jonathan Taves? I mean, I try not to think about Jonathan Taves because he's a Blackhawk and fuck them. But, but okay. <laughs> for players that are known, look, look, what I'm saying is this. An important player taking into taking a stance on something important. Yes. And he has, Which is huge because it's this fucking league. And he has a, another person doing the relay with him and Colin Wilson. And that's great. Great. That's that's what you guys need to do. I'm glad somebody's taking it on because we all know that Andy's doing other things now. Still environmental, just not in the league. They're just Andy things now, not league things. I mean, I Andy things are still great, and I'm happy that he's going to get to do Andy things full-time now, but... Right, right, right. But I don't get to see him anymore, so I'm a little You don't sad. know that. You don't know, what, you don't know what, what, what sort of situation he's going to find for himself shortly. For all we know, he could end up being, you know, a regular panelist on Nessun. Wouldn't that be swell? Oh, my that God. Would great. I would love it. Or, you know what? You know how NBC, SN should just buy her Millberry already? Like, nobody likes And Ronick, and realistically, that other guy who has the, all the inside of a, of a chair... Really, Mike just Jones? like Lee, yes, that's the one. Um, just like, like you know, keep tapping and Liam McHugh, and then hire actual analysts that people want to listen to. Bring on Andy. Let's do it. He he was great. He was great that one like series that they brought him in for. Uh, a couple also, of I have ago. another just general comment on a related note. Um, hockey media, stop asking Wayne Gretzky for his thoughts on things. I know he's the greatest ever, and I acknowledge that. But Wayne Gretzky either has bad opinions or nothing interesting to say. This is a man, I remind you, who campaigned for Stephen Harper. Yeah, fuck that. Game the fuck over. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Fuck that. No, no. We're all done with that. Just ask him uh, about what it was like to score how many ever fucking goals in whatever fucking year. That's fine. But, but don't have him. Don't ask him to provide analysis on anything that's not happening in 1986. Right, right. I agree. That's fine. I agree with, <laughs> actually with a lot of not asking a lot of hockey players about that stuff. You know? All right. I'm even asking, saying, don't ask him about modern hockey stuff because he's got nothing useful to say there either. <laughs> well, he's he's really not in the game. Exactly. And his most recent, from you know, attempt to be in the game went rather poorly. That whole, you know, coaching the uh, Coyotes thing. So moving on from that, why don't we talk uh, about some specific Bruins transactions? Okay. Yeah, so so this week, Kevin Dean was promoted from the Providence Club, from the Providence Bruins, up to the big club to be an assistant to Bruce Cassidy. Well, he was... I don't have too, too strong an opinion here. I wanted Savvy to be our new power play coach because Savvy. Um, I miss Savvy. But um, Kevin Dean's make a pretty good choice to be Cassidy's backup, Cassidy's um, assistant. He was the long-term assistant for Cassidy while Cassidy was in Providence. Five years. and um, Yeah, five years. And then got the promotion when Cassidy moved up the ladder. And then just coached a pretty successful year in Providence. Yeah, they got to the Eastern Conference Final. And we're expecting to see guys like DeBrusque or Heinen or impossible or, or Zane pushing for roster spots next year. The guy that was coaching them all to such extreme success this year. He's a pretty logical person to have on the coaching staff. And again, he knows Cassidy. They've worked together so long. He knows Cassidy's systems. He's a, probably a better candidate for 
you know, um, uh, leading through Kit Cassidy's stuff than Sacco or a Flodnap bar. So I don't know. He's very excited about it. That's what I took away from the uh, things that I read. That he's he's excited about the direction the Bruins are going in, and that's exactly what you want for a coach. Anyway, so what it makes it interesting is what direction they'll go with for the Providence um, head coach now. They're going to promote one of Dean's assistants. They're going to find someone new. To me, it makes sense go with someone new. You know, this Mark Recchi was coaching. It was temporary coach last year for Wilkes Bar Scranton after uh, my Sullivan got put, got bumped up. Just saying. Yeah, but Recchi's really made his home in the Penguins organization, hasn't he? He was part of the of the Stars organization for a while. He's bounced around some. Why not bring in Savvy? I won't. I wasn't ready to make Savvy a head coach, but you may. And I don't know if you want to make someone a head coach even at the AHL level with no experience yet. Well. Being being a, being a special teams coach is quite different, right? So I don't know. Well, bring him in as an assistant and then promote one of the assistants. That's fair. I'd like to see it because I think you I don't know for sure, but Savvy's a smart player, and those are usually guys that lend themselves to being good coaches, and that's sort of area he excels. So maybe. So anyway, congratulations to Kevin Dean, assistant coach. True. <laughs> <laughs> oh, map that one out. Um. <laughs> yes, and, then, and there was. Uh, I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, there was one other. Yes. I was going to do it. I was going to do my job. Okay. Continue. Uh, Tommy Cross signed a, what is it, a one-year two-way contract? Yes. So he's uh, similar to what we've been on in the past. He's We've talked about it before. He's settled very nicely into this being our um, uh, the, the captain for Providence forever, I think. You know, he's 27th. This is his second or, second or third year in a row being UFA. And uh, yeah, one year. Uh, cap hit at six hundred fifty thousand at the NHL level. Pays him two hundred thousand in the minors. So they're clearly paying him to be in the AHL, knowing that if all else fails, he is uh, I want to say serviceable or even passable, but perfectly cromulent call up guy. <laughs> so that's so that's good. Good for him. I'm happy for him. He seems to he seems to know his role. No, and no, and be very aware of what he is. Obviously, he doesn't have ambitions to move up because he knows it's not going to happen. And good for him. Yeah, you know, he's a great leader at the Providence level. Yeah, and that's the thing. He, When you have a lot of young guys in Providence, he's someone you would want um, the players kind of learning from and learning the ropes from just because uh, he is that leader and he kind of knows his role. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Every organization needs a guy like that. I'm very happy to have him as part of this organization because he's been good for that. Um, and he's been such a good soldier. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe he'll be an assistant someday. I wouldn't rule that out, perhaps. And you know, I mean, yes, okay, he was a second round pick, and that's that's shitty. But he's been good. To, again, he's been good to have around, and he's been incredibly incredibly loyal. So, thank you, Tommy Cross. You're welcome. <laughs> we enjoy the cross that you bear. Oh, uh, oh, double pun. Uh, Damn, Timmy. <laughs> Man, and I really thought you were just going to go with the original pun, which was... I'll cross that one off the list. No, I I had another one in store. Oh, no, bit of change up there, you know. Oh, my God. Okay, yep. Timmy's puns. Yay! We should have a, like, we should have a 60-second period where Tim just gets all the puns out. Like, we should <laughs> challenge him to a pun. I don't think that would get him out of his system, though. That would just, like, get I'm him fired saying, up. I'm yeah, I was going to say the fuel of the fire. I'm not saying to get it out of his system. It was it's just it's a challenge to see how many he can do you know my the best to this day though out of all the ones i've done on the show the sebastian aho one was still my favorite one <laughs> 
Okay, so this morning, we were recording on Sunday, June 18th at 10.30 a.m. The protection lists of all 30 teams were released. Now, we know that it's actually... It, it was really great because it was the protection list. And then they also put the people who were exposed, the available players. So I was able to take all the information down, put it into spreadsheets and organize it however I wanted. It was so exciting. And, and cap friendly automatically um, uh, set. So the, their expansion draft tool, you could skip the selection, the selection protection. So it would already have the protected players done. So you can quickly build a, a roster based on the actual exposed players. Shit, I'm going to do that right now. Okay. Um, you're kind of doing a podcast right now, but sure. Why not? Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> a talented man. I prepared for this and did it several hours ago. <laughs> Nick. I was doing Spanish homework. I apologize. Oh. I did that and then ran errands. I ran errands, and then um, I was running a cheese protection list. Grocery shopping, specifically, but then it turned into... We were talking about what cheese Twitter would think about our protection lists and stuff. So, you know, um, I protected cheddar and provolone. (laughs) (laughs) Not not pepper jack? Come on. I did not protect pepper jack, um... You know, hopefully it won't be taken. And, um, I, you know, and then I, I expand, uh, expounded upon how cheese Twitter, you know, they can never agree on anything. Everybody's outraged about everything. And how I have a very differing opinion from cheese Twitter on goat cheese. I like it with cracked peppercorn surrounding it. You know, it's rolled in pe- cracked uh, peppercorns. And most of cheese Twitter probably likes it with uh, herbs de, de Provence. So, do you have opinions on that? I suspect you'll find a decent faction of Twitter that like it with um, uh, some sort of preserve as well. Really? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, there might be some people who just like goat cheese alone, and that's fine. I, that's perfectly fine. But anyway, uh, tweet. You go to us. do what you go to do. Ah, you're gonna do what you're gonna do. Oh, that's terrible. I said goat both times. Oh, you said goat, but I was thinking Gouda. Because <laughs> <laughs> cheese, cheese puns. Um, I love it all. <laughs> oh my god, I'm sorry. Goat. Oh, it's like, it's really Canadian. Oh, you, you goat, goat to do what you goat, goat to do. Okay, so anyway, tweeted us about who would be on your cheese protection list. Uh, so maybe we'll have a cheese draft or something for Vegas. <laughs> Dave Lozo was talking about other foods and stuff. Uh, he did not protect chicken wings, which I thought was... Mm. Or Hawaiian pizza. He considered Hawaiian or pizza... Or fucking and- shame. Yeah, Hawaiian pizza is... Beautiful. The Wonderful. only thing I agree uh, disagreed with on his list was he was protecting Sour Patch Kids, and I figured I would protect the, the wings and not the Sour Patch Kids. So there that was a pretty solid list. He protected both tacos and burritos, and people had a problem with that. And I'm like, no, no, they're separate things. Protect oh, they're, they're quite separate things and serve very different purposes. A burrito is a full fucking meal because it's got rice and beans in there. Taco is a lot much later. It is a much later endeavor. It is. It is. And and um, I almost said all that stuff. Stuff, except I didn't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but no, I agree with you. So it's like, yeah, different things. Uh, and he protected mozzarella sticks. Ooh, yum, yum, yum. So anyway. Uh, but did he, did he protect them over jalapeno poppers? I don't think that he, I don't even think they were even available. 
They weren't protected. Oh, they, they, they don't have enough pro seasons, apparently. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so they were exempt or something, you know. <laughs> At least they better have been, because they are glorious. You know what I really like? I like the Santa Fe egg roll. It's got... Yeah, it's got, like, it's got chicken and spinach and cumin and other things and cheese. I, I've made them before. I can't remember what's in them, but they're good. Anyway, yeah, so you probably want to talk about the, the actual protection lists and everything. Should we start with the Bruins? I mean, sure. that would make the most sense. We are a Bruins podcast. Yeah, that would make sense. We are a, uh, a a podcast for Bruins fans by Bruins fans. Yes. Just barely, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> so, not really any surprises in the Bruins protection list. Um, we did finally get some resolution to the debate that we had quite extensively last week on the uh, matter of which Miller to protect. Do you know that we never protected a goalie last week? <laughs> well, because I'm pretty sure we actually, I think that's true. We didn't discuss it, but I don't think it would have been, we were protecting Rask. Yeah. Cause the no, and not only that, like the no movement clause, he has to be protected. No, but no, 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 he doesn't because there's no, no movement clause no longer exists starting next season, which means it didn't, it can't, didn't apply. Oh, wow. This year was the last that. year of his NMC. So then, that's why I figured because I mean, who else are we going to protect? To be honest, yeah, as goaltenders, yeah. I, so so anyway, goalies were exposing Dobby and Malcolm. Not a surprise. That's what Dobby was for, and Malcolm. Well, well, what are you going to do? Okay, are you surprised that they protected Ryan Spooner? Absolutely. It would have been impossibly stupid to expose him. Okay, wait. He would have kick it. Okay, okay. Sorry, let me reword that. Um, exposing him, you would have meant, therefore lost him for nothing. Lost his, yeah. his rights for nothing. And he has value. Unless you really are that concerned about ensuring that you lose no one else, which I guess has some merit, you don't expose Ryan's Spooner. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, it's just the way that I, I worded the question and the way you answered it seems incongruous, but that's okay. I, I, I am completely unsurprised because... Right. They're going to do something with Ryan Spooner rather than just letting him just just letting it get taken is would be poor asset management. Do you think that yeah. they, they might have offered him to um, Vegas? And I mean, what does Vegas have to give you anyway? So, well, well, well I mean, basically it would have been considerations. Right. Um, so they, you know, and if they offered him, I would have hopefully would have said it would hopefully would hope it would be a uh, OK here. You can have Ryan Spooner's rights. If not, not if you don't take this person, but if you take this person, uh, like really, the only scenario I would have used that for is here are Ryan Spooner's rights. Now, could you please draft Matt Bolesky? Ah, uh, ah, uh, okay, yep, okay, I get it. But if it was to prevent a either Miller from being taken, that would have been a inadequate use. All right, and it's still not off the table, right? I mean, conceivably, we could still see that happen between now and Wednesday. All right. Okay, so I think it's important right now to just list the protected players. So why don't we just do that? We have David Backus, Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, Fred Marchand, Riley Nash, David Pasternak, Ryan Spooner, Zdeno Chara, Tori Krug, Kevin Miller, and Tukarask. Now, that leaves a whole bunch of other players that are obviously available, including Bolesky, Jimmy Hayes, Alex Koklachev, uh, who figured into our conversations last week, you know, Dom Moore, Tim Schaller. Drew Stafford. I'm just naming the ones that are are most notable because a lot of the other. And I wouldn't even count as count those last three as relevant in this case. Yeah, I mean they're UFAs, right? Um, Schaller's not. Schaller's an RFA. He's an RFA. And 
Fuck. And who knows if the team plans on on qualifying him or not? I don't know. But. Yeah. Okay. So so basically, uh, what's really notable about the available players is uh, Adam McQuaid. Colin Miller, and then, you know, you obviously had to expose the other two goaltenders in Hudobin and uh, Malcolm Subban. So, yeah, I would view of the exposed players, the only really controversial one would be Colin Miller, plus or minus Matt Bolesky. Hmm. Um, does that seem about right to all of you? I think it was the right call on the forwards. Yeah. But I can jo- I can see why someone would quibble with why would you project Riley Nash over Bolesky. It's like, well, Riley Nash is... More useful? I don't even know if it go that far. I mean, this past season, certainly. I would put it more like he does his role incredibly well. Right now, it's unclear what Bolesky's role is after this past season. Yeah, but at the same time, too, I, I would argue that Riley Nash is more valuable than Matt Bolesky. I would agree. Considering how young our bottom six are likely to be as well, having Riley Nash um, as the anchor for one of those for one of those two lines, presumably the fourth line, is rather key. And, and you know what's really important is I'm glad that Riley Nash got protected because I don't know if I'd want to deal with Nick right now. You would be so sad. You know, I would be. I knew it. Yeah. You have you have said that you've loved him since the Carolina days and that he's the most handsome man. He is one good looking stud, but he's like, hi, I, he, to me, he doesn't look like a hockey player at all. Like I, I see that guy. I'm like, you just mowed your front lawn. You're wearing two tube, tube socks. Didn't you? Didn't you pal? Here, have chill. a cold one. He exactly. has- he, he's the, he's the guy at a lawn tractor with a, with a tall boy. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> he kind of looks my like, kind of dude. <laughs> he looks kind of like a Lego guy to me. Yes. Like he, he is rather cubic and nondescript. To me. I mean, come but on. when he's on the ice, everything is awesome. Oh! oh! Yes! <laughs> yes! And believe yes. me, everything is cool because it's frozen. Because he's part of our team. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> okay, I can't assist on that. <laughs> um, I didn't mean to, but... It- Damn it, it happened. Okay. Tim, just, Tim must be disappointed he wasn't a part of that. <laughs> Sometimes uh, Tim I'm, just likes to watch from the sidelines and, and cheer his team on. Here's the thing. I'm happy that I am teaching another generation. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I feel like a proud coach right now. Aw. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, this love fest. So anyway, okay, so forwards, no surprises, I guess, then. We're happy to have Ryan Lanash protected. Realistically speaking, Matt Bolesky's probably still part of this team in the fall, so there we go. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, there's a couple things I, I want to say before we get into the other part of the expansion things and, and whatnot. One, we should talk about what Fluto contributed to the Washington Post article. Yeah, there, we have to talk about the protection choices on the defensemen first. Okay, yeah. let's talk about that. Is that the, the way we've structured this already? It's what comes next. Okay, I just kind of thought that we talked about that for some reason. <laughs> we had. Um, we, meant, we touched on. I talked about it in my head. <laughs> we touched on how we finally got closure on the Kevin versus Colin debate. I don't necessarily think they made the right choice, but it's not that wrong a choice either, if that yeah. makes sense. It's not like they projected McQuaid and exposed both Millers. I would be upset if that had happened. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I pretty much had made my peace by the time that I said Colin and then thought, well, that might not be the right choice. But, uh, you know, if, if for some reason we lose Colin Miller this way, it's not the end of the world. 
that's pretty much where I was last week. And it's it's pretty much how I've carried myself throughout the rest of the week. I mean, that's, that was my position all along. I just viewed it as, is like, if you want to preserve the team as much as you can, protecting Colin and then making a lesser deal to, 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 to take Kevin off the table would probably be cost less in, less in treasure than the other way around. That could be wrong. Right, and, and McBee's open to making deals, as he said at one point. Yes, and in which case I think you want to put yourself in a position to make the cheaper deal. And I, I maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like a deal to keep Kevin on the roster would have been cheaper than a deal to keep Colin. But who's to say that there wasn't an attempt to make a deal? For all we know, there is one. Yeah. We only know of three specific deals right now, but Dredger and um, uh, and um, uh, LeBron have both been quite clear that there are certainly others out there that they just don't have details on. I'm pretty sure it's Drager. Mm, he's, not, he's like the worst of the insiders, so I don't really care that much. <laughs> the, the other thing I think, too, Kind of with keeping Kevin protected and not Colin is if you're if you have McQuaid and Kevin Miller both unprotected, you're kind of having the same protect same player unprotected. I think maybe keeping one of them for certain. I mean, the, there is that. It is there is the reassuring point here that the team is pub- basically publicly announcing that they value that despite them being very similar players, they acknowledge that Kevin Miller is the objectively better of the two. Yeah, and I, I do. No one's been talking about that, but I really like seeing that implicit because the team's sort of been, you know, all over the place on giving that one lip service. Well, I think they like both players a lot, but I think that they see more in Kevin than they do in Adam. He's more mobile. He is definitely, he's certainly a faster player. He doesn't get credit for that. He's marginally more offensive touch, although in this context, that means almost nothing because marginally more than zero is... Yeah. And a year younger, he signed for 250000 cheaper. Actually, Kevin Miller's contract, to be perfectly honest, is great. If it wasn't for Wade's contract, Kevin Miller's contract would be fantastic. Well, that's what he brings. Plays both sides. And that's a handy. right shot D that, plays the, that can play the left, which incidentally also describes Colin Miller. It's not common because right shot D seldom play on their offside because they're in short supply. Yeah, I think I've just I've decided in my own head that um, Kevin is going to be like a bottom pairing guy, right? I'm not going to get that upset about bottom pairing guys anymore. I'm just not. Well, last year's did, you know, if this, depending on how this plays out, we're looking at our, our right side next year would be like McAvoy with Chara, Carlo with Krug, and then Kevin on the third pairing, McQuaid 7D, if he doesn't get taken. There's a lot worse. That's a, that's a fairly decent right side. Mm. Yeah, and I, honestly, with with how Kevin played in the playoffs too, I just think he earned the protection. I mean, I'm not. That's not taking anything away of how Colin Miller played or anything like that. I just think that Kevin Miller really earned the protection. Kevin really rose to the occasion. Now that said, Colin Miller was actually when he came back from injury was actually really good too. All right, I, into that round. But Kevin I've was been, otherworldly. I've been silent. Yes. Sorry. What the fuck, Bruins? Sweenius, you're letting me down, boy. You're letting me down. I've been on this calling train all fucking year, and you just shitting on me, Sweenius. What the fuck? So, no, I hate it. I, I, um, to me, I'm like, oh, which player's better? I don't care about which one plays a different style, which one do we more need, which one is the better player. To me, that is Colin Miller. Um, he's younger. You know, just let him go out there. I mean, thank you, you know, Las Vegas will gladly pick him up and have themselves a nice second pairing D in a few years and we just gave him away for nothing. I hate it. Boom! Get the fuck out of my face! Okay, I'm done. Until the next time when, when Don Sweeney, uh, Sweeney does something that he likes and then he's like, Sweeney? Now I'll just go Sweeney. 
Well, you know, I, I I get where you're coming from here, Nick, and I I don't and I am again I don't think it was the right call. I'm very clear on that. I think um I just don't think it's quite as black and white as most people are painting it. Blame it on Cam Neely. So it's it's so Sweeney's is still Sweeney's. There we go. That's my rationale. Uh, Cam's stock is already burned in Bruins fans. So it's done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing about it though is, I guess by virtue of exposing Colin and Adam, you're giving them not necessarily just a choice of the better and the worst player, but the two different styles. You exposed both Kevin and McQuaid. Kevin was gone. If I think because they were you're, you're then you're two taking two similar players with different skill levels. I don't know. We'll see. Well, I, I, I have a feeling that there's something else in the cards because I can't imagine they're actually letting Colin go. I'm reasonably confident that there will be some sort of bargain made. Yeah. I hope you're right. I would love to be right. I would be upset if I'm wrong because if I'm wrong, Colin Miller's gone and we're still we're still stuck with Adam McQuaid, Matt Bolesky, and Jimmy Hayes on the roster. How is that different than any other day, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> it's not different than any other day, but it takes away the hope from a better day. I've got to get him mad at me at least once. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm sorry, Jeff. I'm a jerk. You've been kinder and gentler lately, and I've been an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know what? I think exposing it- McQuaid is saying, eh, we don't want these last two years on our, our books. And Kevin Miller, they're just kind of like, well, we got three more years and I don't think you guys are going to take him. And maybe we should just protect him because we see more out of him. And Colin Miller, I don't know. Are there other players that are like him coming up? Well, and that's, that's the thing, right? Because Colin does seem to have... He's, okay, I don't like to make this con- comparison because Joe Morrow is awful. But um, he does have some of the same problems, right? I think he's toolsier than, than, than Joe Morrow is, and he certainly has more hockey sense. But he still has this disconnect between tools and the quality of his toolbox. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not, go- he's not going to the job site with a hammer and a Shaw's bag, mind you. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a wet paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> But 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 he's he's trying to cram too many tools into too small a toolbox, um, so he can't close the lid. So it just keeps falling open and things fall out. You know, screwdrivers everywhere, ratchet set tumbles everywhere. He slips on one of the slips on one of the, on one of the ratchets falls. You know. But you know what? Meanwhile, the Betty Hill music plays. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, yakety sacks. Yes. Yeah, you know what? I think it was just... And there decision. are similar players coming up. There are. So Jakob like- Zaborl is an incredibly similar player. He just plays the other side. Anyway, there. I know hockey Twitter is always looking for something to be upset about. There I are think- far worse things to be upset about than this. I'm not <laughs> upset about it. Why would I be upset about this? Uh, I mean, I, if, if Carlo had been non-exempt... If he had been uh, able to be put out there and they didn't protect him, and rightfully so, they why would they protect him uh, in that instance? I'd be more upset. Because I mean, I'd- this is an important thing to point out how lucky the Bruins really are. We're not, you know, Coyotes level lucky in that every single, or, or the Leafs were in every single of their actual good players were, were not expansion eligible. But like JFK, Vitrano, Achari, McAvoy, Carlo... Um, uh, McIntyre, all of them are exempt. Yeah, yep, yep. I mean, like, 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 that's really a good place to be, right? If we had more guys that were had just one more year, like were poster had been in, in around as long as Pasternak, we'd have a problem. Mm. And imagine being the Predators right now with their defense. And, you know, if you had to, they, they protected their top four, which was obvious. But, you know, it's like Irwin and Weber were working out for them really well this year, too. So, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, um, it's, 
it's just kind of like, I guess it's it, of the three players, I would have been okay with any of the three that they, they decided to, to either protect or put out there. I just thought, eh, Colin Miller, you know, I'm not really sure. Not really sure what else you're going to see from him. I mean, it, it's, it's, it, he's been moving, he's been making progress. It's not like Joe Morrow who has his flashes, but spins his wheels. No, Colin Miller has made tangible progress. And in an ideal world, I would see a Miller-Miller pairing as our third pairing next year, I think. They were actually quite good. I don't really think we need a third lefty right now, but it's what it is. It's what it fucking is. Mm. We're not the only team in a situation like this. No. We are far from it. No, there are teams that are far worse. Uh-huh. There are certain teams that made incredibly bad decisions in their protection lists, which... St. Louis? We, um, I was going to go with Florida as being a particularly hilarious one. So basically, uh, Fluto Shinzawa from the uh, Boston Globe had contributed to an article with the Washington Post about, uh, along with, um, I don't know, 29 other beat reporters around the country talking about who should be exposed and who will probably be taken by the Golden Knights. And his opinion was kind of controversial, at least to us, because he figured that they would take Malcolm Subban. Yeah, so his protection list was the same as ours. But, uh, yeah, Subban being picked up is an interesting one. Because, um... I mean, we all really just just don't think that the poor Malcolm has it. I think sort of our consensus here. Yeah. Am I wrong, boys? And and VA agrees with me, but uh, no, I Tim? agree. Yeah, I, you know, I'm shame. Being, you know, it's it, it's it's a fucking drag. Um, he is but, still you know, he's, young, but you know, we don't see it. Yeah, he's, he's he's got this is his fourth fourth pro season. His draft plus five year. The only thing I will say is, I mean, goalies do kind of mature at different at a different rate than other positions so maybe it's just ever since he's come back from injury that injury which was absolutely horrific um he just hasn't been the same i mean just i mean i just figured just look at his two his two partial games in boston have both been catastrophic he lost the starter job bad to, to mcintyre who of course spent a lot of mcintyre spent a lot of the season in boston and still took a look to, 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 seized that uh, starter job in, in providence because mcintyre was a fucking beast in providence this year subin has been fine and that's all now that said if you guys let me ramble for a little bit, I get why the reasoning for why they might take him. Um, so basically, okay, they have to take three. Um, uh, Las Vegas has required to draft a minimum of three goalies. So they're going to take a starter. They're going to take someone to be their backup, and then they're going to take someone to be either one of two things: trade bait or their third string. If right. they take more more than they'll be trade bait. But basically, their minimum starter, backup, and third string. So someone that can send down to their AHL affiliate, which of course will be um, uh, the uh, Chicago Wolves. But can they think they can trust to call up, and potentially be someone that they can groom to be their future backup or starter? Now, there's not a lot of guys that fit that description exposed because most prospect goalies are either already backups, so they fit that backup slot. Be they your Calvin Picard, your uh, your your your, your Junis uh, Corpusalo, your Philip Grubauer. So not a lot of them are these guys. Not a lot of them are these guys that aren't already at the NHL level, and therefore would it roll with being sent down. So Subban fits that, and you know there is still the upside there. And you know, I mean, um, Turk Ludicky will always say he became a goalie fairly late. Like it was already like twelve or something when he became, when he started goaltending. So arguably his development curve is behind. It, it would be behind. I, I don't know if I'd buy that reasoning, to be perfectly honest. But So, 
I can see where McPhee might be coming from if he were to pick Subban as his third goalie. But at the same time, the body of work isn't there to really, I think, expect there to be more to him. Mm. And so I would, you know, take someone to be my starter, be it Flurry or Mrazic, for example. Um, and then two of those other three guys, your Picards, Corpusalos, Grubauers. And one of them's just going to have to suck it up and go, and go to the AHL. I don't think... I think there is more value in a variety of other players Boston has exposed. Be they Colin, hell, be they even McQuaid, or Matt Bolesky and his contract. Right. I mean, if you want a cheap goalie, I mean, Buffalo has Linus Ulmark exposed. I think he's a better goalie than um, Subban. And he would be next closest to fill that sort of role. A guy that's... He spent this year as their backup, but really, he's a he's a tweener. Yeah. Well, was he their backup, or was Anders Nilsson their backup this year? I think Nilsson uh, was their backup. Okay, so yeah, fine. Okay, he fits verbatim the same description yeah. as Subban. Uh, did you see that uh, Linus Ulmark got uh, married recently, and he and his wife both donned um, goalie masks? Oh, that's cute. Aww. I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, what's really funny is that I didn't look at all of the D that was uh, available in the... Uh, Gosh, there's so many different players that are exposed here that there's a chance that they might not take Colin anyway. So, or Adam. I keep forgetting about Adam. Poor Adam. There are a lot of probably better or at least higher upside defensemen available. That's a thing. But the question is, they got to take someone from Boston. And are they going to take Bolesky? Unless we've, again, unless we've put some kind of deal in place, I don't see it. Wouldn't we have heard about a deal? Not necessarily, right? Um, So apparently the details of any deals are supposed to be kept dark until the draftees are announced. Oh. We've heard a few. We've heard of a few. Of course, we've heard of three specific ones that are at play. We know the we know exhausting details of the one that they have with Columbus because the one they have with Columbus is over the top. Yeah. Can we talk about that or not? Um, Or did did, like – I, I mean, you know I, I know four deals right now. There's a four. There's four. Okay, I know that there's something. There's something in play with uh, with the Islanders that's structured around protecting uh, Zekas and Bailey. Yep. Notice that does not mean they're trying. Does not mean they're trying to protect Dahan or Strom. You know, they're actual valuable exposed players. And uh, something in court, and of course Anaheim to protect Manson and um, and Vatanen. And there's also one with Chicago to actually take. This is not protecting someone that they're actually taking Marcus Kruger. Really, but that's no brainer. I mean, Marcus Kruger would have been the guy I'd go for from them anyway. Well, apparently they agreed to a deal with Chicago to actually take Marcus. Wow, Kruger. McPhee just fucking rolled Bowman then because like seriously, Kruger would have been my pick anyway because the alternative was like Trevor Van Van Riemsdyk. Yeah, that's <laughs> they're both. Both headed in one form or another. Both those guys are headed to Las Vegas. Oh, TVR is supposed to be the currency to get them to take Kruger. Is that what you're, you're saying there, Nick? Yeah, uh, or they, or, they or have, vice versa, something have, like that. They have salary cap issues too, don't they? Well, oh, yeah, yeah. They all um, you know what? Fuck them. But uh, yeah. No, no, I'm not saying it like, oh, poor them. They have salary cap issues. When have I ever spoken of the Blackhawks like that? Come on now. Sorry, BA. My bad. Yes. Jeez, I feel like we're almost even today. But no, just kidding. No, I, every year it seems like Blackhawks are in cap jail and then Bowman does something and it's like, fuck you. He's running out of things to use to pay someone to take his garbage away with, though. Mm, and you know what? It was beautiful. They lost in the first round again this year, badly. What, three goals in four games? Three goals in four games and they were outscored 13 to three. Whoops-a-daisy. <laughs> 
It was beautiful. It's too bad. It was too beautiful to last. Anyway. Okay, so I guess it's a quick roundtable, I guess, knowing who's exposed. Who do we all think that will be taken from the Bruins, most likely? I know I know your answer, and I agree <laughs> with you. My answer is also, barring something else at play, it'll probably be Colin Miller. Remember, players they draft, a lot of them are never going to play for them. A lot of them are probably flipped elsewhere before the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My brain says Colin. My heart says Adam. I'm just going to, you know what? I'm just feeling contrarian lately. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a new thing, right? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I'm going to say take Malcolm. Why not? You need somebody for your AHL team. Go ahead. Do it. Take Grubauer as your backup. Take Flurry as your primary. Let's go. Hey, Tim Shady, what do you think? Um, I, I'm i torn between Colin and McQuaid. I'm going to say McQuaid just because I think there's going to be some type of protection on Colin. I think they'll offer something. It's funny when you say some kind of protection on him. I keep thinking that somebody's going to cast a spell. A spell I'm saying like the mob's going to get involved. No, he's protected. He's, you know... This well, says again, a lot about the two of us. Can't. I mean, have you seen some of the tweets in that, that press release yesterday? There are some unambiguously mobbish language in some of that. It's like, well, yeah, it's a nice roster you got there. It'd be a shame if anything were to happen to it. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I, I really heard uh, something about, uh, I, I read one of the, the tweets and I thought, wow, this sounds like extortion, but it's legal, you know? Mobs. Like, like, like think about how much fun McPhee's having with this. Well, here's the other thing about the language of stuff. When I hear, like, when I see a tweet, the Bruins are exposing <laughs> Vegas. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, what's he done? You know, hope he exposes himself very well in Vegas. You can make a lot they're, of money they doing are, that. They, they are exposing Jimmy's large, uh, uh, Hayes' large Jimmy uh, yeah. <laughs> to Vegas. <laughs> Do I have the option of putting a paper bag over his head? If you, if you pay him that too, yeah. Oh, damn it, I have to pay him too. I'm just saying. <laughs> so what you're saying is you're okay with seeing his large Jimmy as long as it doesn't have to necessarily be Jimmy Hayes, his face. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know that is the worst objectification that you could possibly do, but sorry, I just couldn't help it. Hey, um, hey, let's, uh, let's talk about something else. <laughs> okay, so some other teams made some strange choices in their protection list. They did. Um, I think the one that, that Twitter's been buzzing about most since it came out has been actually the choice, one a certain choice by by the wings. Oh yes, you know what? I, I'm hoping it's the same one I have marked down because I have. Uh, Itemized mine. Yes. Um, so the Wings, uh, rather unexpectedly, have ex- have protected Jimmy Howard and exposed um, uh, Peter Mrazek. Yep. And you know who else I noticed on that list? Cronwall. You've been Cronwall. It's true. They didn't protect. They did not protect Nick Cronwall. I I don't it, look. I know his play's been going down. I know he probably has like a a bad contract per play kind of thing, and he's been injured a lot in the last year or so. I realize all that stuff, but the truth is, I'm just still kind of surprised to see it, you know? Yes. Now, it'll be interesting to see from them. It's like, okay, so Mrazic's exposed. That's a pretty good one year at $4 million left. That's pretty appealing. I don't know if you're McPhee, but at the same time, they exposed 23-year-old defenseman Xavier Ouellette, who's also one of probably their better actual defensemen. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice him because I forgot that he existed. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. The Wings are sort of one of those teams where you look at the expansion list and you're like, eh, Mulligan? (laughs) 
I had two notable things to say about their list. And it was oh, more like, okay. I'm su- no, well, not really to say like, oh, I'm surprised that I saw that. That's really more. Yeah. My things are like surprises about who they, who they uh, protected and saved. So I have um, on my list, I have like, if it's in red, it's like, I'm surprised they saved them. And if it's in green, I'm kind of surprised to see them there. So yeah, you did some serious fucking homework here. Wow. I'm impressed. Yeah, believe it or not, I can do that. <laughs> I don't do it a lot, but I can. Uh, yeah, I um, I made some... I, I wish I could have formatted the spreadsheets exactly the way that I wanted to, but it was kind of a new program to me, so I couldn't I guess, figure out how to do it. But anyway, yeah, so I was really surprised about that. I guess we can move around the, our division a bit, because uh, one of the other um, uh, noteworthy ones is elsewhere in the division, um, down in South Florida. Panthers or Lightning? South Florida, so Fancy Cats. Oh, well, you know what? It's all South Florida to me. I don't care. Oh, anyway. So, yeah, um, they went for the uh, eight and one approach and protected four defensemen. Yep. Um, of course, they had to protect um, Keith Angel, and of course, they protected Aaron Ackblad. And then they protected Mark Pissick and and Alex Petrovich. Yeah, um, who? <laughs> exactly. Until <laughs> so they protected P- Petrovich and exposed Demers. Seems like an odd choice because both, well, actually, I should say Petrovich doesn't have a contract next year, so technically he didn't meet their the, all the, the criteria for exposed defensemen. So that's why they had to expose Demers. Although they could have just, you know, extended Petrovich or or, Pit, or, or Pissick and exposed one of them. I guess but, I <sighs> but their choice to, expo- to to protect four defensemen led to some very strange choices in their forwards. Like, say, oh, 30 goals for $750,000, Jonathan Marcheseau. Like, Holy I mean, crap, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, like, like okay, obviously, whatever else to protect it doesn't matter because McPhee would be insane not to take March or so. Even if they think it'll be too expensive to re-sign in a year at $750,000, even if he kind of re- replicates that production, he will be super fucking valuable to deadline next year, right? And he's only, he will be a UFA in a year. But yeah, so at the deadline next year, they will get a fucking killing for that, him because that contract combined with that production. But there's other forwards they, they left exposed too. Um, Namely, uh, former right. Bruin slash slash Arby spokesman, Riley Smith. I Yep, he's on my list. Kind no, of surprises. No, before he starts his awful contract, that was it, five years, five million, I think. Yes, you're yeah. correct. Yeah. Could it just be that uh, they were vaguely disappointed in him because he signed a new deal and then sucked? Weird. I don't know what that's like. Uh, I have no idea. (laughs) Oh, God. I didn't realize he only did 15 goals for 37 points last year. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's Uh, even worse than his bad Boston season. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That kid is just, he is frustration. On the flip side, he's probably probably on track for a big year for 17, 18. Does he have a new contract to sign? No, 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 because he oscillates. Well, okay, that's what you're planning on happening. I'm planning on, like, he's going to... Well, remember, remember his first his good year in Florida, he still had a, year, a full year after that year on his existing contract. He wasn't playing for a new contract yet. This oh. past year, he signed in the offseason last year. Technically speaking, this was supposed to be his contract year. So- but he signed early. They signed him early after he blew after he blew the doors off in 15-16. Um, um, in, in Okay, so do you think it's uh, – let's say he does move on to a new team with this new contract, which I don't think will happen. But do you think it would be because it was a new team or is it because – 
he is just on a new contract and he oscillates, like you say. I think he's just an incredibly inconsistent player and seems to consistently have hot and cold seasons alternating. All right. So you know what else surprised me about uh, Florida? I mean, we could talk about Riley Smith all day, but really we're going to say the same shit we've said all the time. Inconsistent, uh, frustrating. Looks like an oven mitt, yeah. Yeah, but... It's the hair. It's the hair that makes him look like an oven mitt. No, it's just the eyebrows that make him look like the Arby's slash hamburger helper uh, spokes- uh, spokes mittens. Well, again, he had the eyebrows, but then a big forehead with just like a very... Like, his hair, one side's much higher than the other, which so you kind of got this hand thing going on. Anyway, sorry. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> the girls like him, so it's all good. Uh, yeah, so obviously Yager's on this list because he's a free agent, uh, and they're probably not going to resign him, and who cares? I mean, Yager's not retiring. The Yager will be somewhere. But um, there's other things there, too, like their captain, and UC uh, Jokinen as well. Yep, yep. Uh, I was going to point out that, uh, yet again, Thomas uh, Vanek is... Well, he's on this list. It doesn't mean he's going to go anywhere. He's he's, he's, worn out, he's worn out his welcome so many places, hasn't he? Yeah, really the only place that never got openly sick of him was Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, they traded him. They were going to trade him that season anyway because they were in full tank mode. Um, yeah, yeah. And so and they, they did manage to flip him for Molson, the first and a second or something like that, and then flip Molson for more things before resigning Molson. And Molson really wants to be in Buffalo. But apparently, and speaking of Molson, though, um, I think there's a pretty wide consensus that he's almost he's almost certain to be taken by um, uh, by Las Vegas because get this, McPhee is his wife's godfather. Hey, it's gonna be hey. fun! Making oh, <laughs> him an offer he can't refuse. Hey, Oh, good for him. Good for him. It's good to be in the family. It's good, you know. I, hey, I'm happy about that. I mean, honestly, if you're Matt Molson, what you really want to do is be skating with Jonathan, with John Tavares again, because that's the only time you've actually been any good. But yeah, talk yeah. about mob ties, though. You're, it's the Godfather. Vegas is involved. Holy cow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mob ties. <laughs> um, I, you know, the most surprising name for me, and I, I'm not sure why. The most surprising name that was left unprotected on this uh, this Florida um, list was um, Roberto Luongo, Bobby Lou. It's hard to say. I mean, like when they signed Reimer last year, it was at four years, four and a half or something. It sort of looks that way. But if Luongo were to be taken, and Luongo's, you know, a risk to retire before the end of his contract and be a recapture. Now, don't get me wrong, uh, Vancouver is going to get the most savage butt-fucking from that imaginable because they traded him and retained, retained a very, very tiny amount of salary. But it wouldn't play well for Florida either. Yeah, I um, just... And I don't really... I like Reimer. I like Luongo. And Luongo's 38, sure. But Reimer's not that much better. And I don't know. No, Reimer is not that much better. He's not a starter. And a big chunk in the back half of this year, he had to start because Luongo was out from, like, January with some sort of mystery, mystery ailment or injury. I swear to God, every game the Bruins played, it was against Reimer because... Bobby Lou was hurt. Yeah. So, like, in that regard, I'm not surprised that he's the one exposed. But, I mean, he's not going anywhere. They're not going to take him. Because, again, Jonathan Marcheseau at 30, 30 goals at $750,000 cap hit. Yeah. Yeah. 
So the other interesting thing I found, though, not Florida related, was the Islanders protecting five defensemen. Which is kind of one of them was not Calvin DeHaan. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they protected Johnny Boychuk, Travis Hamanick, Nick Letty, Alan Pellick, and Ryan Pulak. Um, now we knew that uh, they had, they had not asked Johnny Boychuk um, or Andrew Ladd also protected they didn't ask them to move uh, to waive their no move clauses so that's not really surprising that Boychuk was going to be protected but they protected four others and none of them were to Han. I mean like Letty and, and, and Hamonic yeah you protect them absolutely and okay Pollock and Pellick are both prospects but I've seen some some Islanders Twitter folks seem pretty upset that they're protecting Pellick over to Han if they're going to protect five defensemen and also this approach has left some an interesting names exposed in their forward group, namely Brock Nelson and Ryan Strome. <laughs> yes, I did. I, I, I noticed uh, that. And um, every time I think of Brock Nelson, I keep thinking about the Venture Brothers and I just say Brock Nielsen. <laughs> but anyway, yes, Brock Nelson is, um, is exposed there. Their protection deal isn't to protect them. No, it's protect freaking Casey Zekas and, and freaking Josh Bailey, not Strom or Nelson. Um, Garth Go Snow home, Garth Snow. You're drunk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know what's really interesting is that uh, on Puck Soup, they were talking about how Garth Snow has this mysterious deal uh, with the Islanders. Uh, they suspected it was some like 10 or 20 year deal in place. And to fire <laughs> him would cost the Islanders so much that it's kind of, well, it's cost prohibitive to do that. So keeping him on and having him do a lousy job is cheaper than firing him. Now, you think they could like kick him upstairs, you know, make him, uh, you know, President Hockey Ops, and then make someone else's GM then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would think, but um, I don't know. Uh, it, you know, they showed such promise a couple of years ago, and then uh, this past season sucked, and it looks like they're going to keep sucking, if you ask me. Well, I was just saying, he had such a, what was it, um, the fourteen the, the 2014 offseason. He did such interesting things there, right? You know, I mean... He, um, Grabowski and Kuhleman signings, while a little over money on Kuhleman looked like a good idea at the time. They're both, they've both been problems for various reasons, unfortunately, but they traded for Halak and signed, and and, and they signed Halak. And of course they, you know, got Letty and Johnny for a song each. No, a combined song, let's face it. But then signed them to deals that were... I mean, the Letty deal's great. The Boychuk deal, less so. So I don't know. Yeah, Strom's so the snow is so unpredictable. Mm. Now let's take a moment to laugh at the Habs. Oh yes, I do want to laugh at the Habs. <laughs> so, <laughs> so get this, listeners. Yesterday, um, uh, Mark Bergevin uh, traded um, their you know third best defenseman, um, uh, Nathan Ballou, for a third to to Buffalo, so in division, no less. What the fuck, man? And, uh, you know, he did kind of make out on the Druen trade. But it doesn't really solve any of their problems because they're ex- they expose Thomas Plakanich and expect Plakanich to be taken, which means they have no centers because they're probably going to trade out Galchenyuk too. <laughs> you know what's really funny is that a friend of mine on Twitter, uh, he said, Mark Bergevin is like, so I'm going to um, trade for Jonathan Duran and then Claude, he has him as CJ. He's like, but we need centers. He's like, oh, but this young guy, he's great. You know, he he plays wings, uh, wing, and 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 Claude's like, we need centers, right? Okay, I totally ruined the tweet. But the point is, is that I just said to him, I said, you know, 
is not the type of player that Claude wants to deal with. I feel so bad for Claude. Oh, I know. He's about as non-Claude a player as a, cl- as a player gets. Yes. That's going to be a bad fucking marriage. Oh, <laughs> poor Claude. <laughs> oh, but the Habs are going to suck more. I love it. How can you like, I'm just that? watching what they're doing, and they're clearly going to play trade Galchenyuk. There's no fucking way they're not. And even if they weren't, they're not playing him at center anymore because that's clearly not a thing they believe he can do. Whether or not that's true or not is another question entirely. I have no comment on the matter. Who cares about yeah. labs? Let exactly. Fuck them. I'm excited that they're going to that they're doing something stupid. I really but the only way them. any of their choices make sense is they're planning on doing it on trying to trade for Dushin because none of their choices make any fucking sense otherwise. Either that or Mark Bergevin's just bad at this. He, well, he's just bad at this, but you know. After cutting out an interlude that went a little bit further and longer than I'd like about German hockey and how it's not the best in the world, we pick up the action again. It's just what it is, you know. Jeff's broken my heart today. We we've got the the barely on topic hat trick. <laughs> it made a pun. I broke your heart, and you made me roll my eyes in frustration. <laughs> <laughs> And Nick said Sweeney's at least once. Right. All well booze is involved. <laughs> <laughs> so our hat trick involves four. It's kind of like that one game against Ottawa. Oh. Actually, we should have one more. We should have one more thing. We haven't quite attained it yet. It will happen, though. <laughs> oh, it'll happen. <laughs> but we could for now. We could call that the barely in topic hat trick. Oh, wait a minute. We made mention of the Taves curve. We totally got it. Oh. No mention of charity work. Oh, Holy God. We need oh. six. Okay, for a, a barely a topic hat has to be six things. <laughs> 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 that sounds about right, right? <laughs> bot trick. <laughs> a bot trick. <laughs> okay, so there has to be mention of <laughs> the Taves, Taves curve. We have to mention somebody's charity work. So I fucking hate Sidney Crosby, that douchebag. But his charity work's fantastic. Right. Okay. So Tate's Curve, charity work. I have said something that has offended Jeff or made him just... Roll my eyes in frustration. <laughs> roll his eyes in frustration. I've had my heart broken. Tim has made puns. And what was the sixth one? He oh, swing <laughs> We did it! We did it! Yes. It was a little manufactured. It was a little convoluted, but we did it! Okay, so I think we've covered everything expansion-related we have to talk about. Yep. Uh, um, so it's a big week, though. Expansion is not the only thing happening this week. We have the NHL the, Awards. And more importantly, the entry draft is Friday. For the first round is Friday night, and the second through seventh rounds are during the day on Saturday. I mean, like, the NHL Awards, apart from, you know, Berkey better be fucking getting his fourth Selkie. Otherwise, I will find I will find Ryan Kessler and, and, and beat him. Yeah, I... Really no, good. I'll probably get my shit kicked, actually, but I'll try. <laughs> I'm all for beating up uh, Ryan Kessler for any reason. Whatever. I don't we'll, care. We'll road trip then. We'll go beat up Ryan Kessler together. How about that? Nick, uh, you in? Yeah, I'm down for that. Okay, okay let's cool. do it. Let's do it. I'm totally fine with that. Uh, yeah, I, that's the only award I really care about. Yeah, okay, so the drafts. So I know we talked about this a little bit earlier. We're not going to do a huge draft special this year because, well... There's a lot of stuff going on, you know? And, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the outcome next Sunday. Um, yep. Just quickly, Bruins picks. We have uh, our own pick in the first, 18th overall. Edmonton's pick in the second, uh, 52nd overall. That was because our of second, 
Yes. Our second is, is property of New Jersey from the Stepniak trade. We do not currently have our third from the trade of that player that we don't talk about here because we like happy things. Yep. And we have our fourth. Our fifth went out in the John Michael Lyles trade. And then we have our sixth and then two sevenths, our own and the Fancy Cats, which we got in exchange for our seventh pick, round pick last year. So okay. that's a total of six, pick, six uh, picks this uh, this year's draft. First, second, fourth, sixth, seventh, seventh. Yeah. So um, naturally we have the whole like, what do we talk about what the Bruins need or are they just going to draft by the best available? This conversation could be all mute. Could be all moot. Um, for all we know, there has been some sort of agreement and we'll see some of these picks go away to prevent Colin Miller being taken or to get Matt Bolesky taken. I don't know. Furthermore, will there be some sort of move for a left D who would play our presumably third pairing this year and then next year would be our second pairing after uh, Char is done and Groove moves up the food chain? I don't know. Wait, oh, so you think Char will retire? Uh, right now, I'm going to assume that's the case, but who knows? I hope the team is not stupid and doesn't sign him this summer. If Charles wants to play, the Bruins will keep giving him contracts. That's yep. that's, that's guaranteed. So they don't. Just, there's, there's no rush there. Char is going to live forever, so why not have him? Well, and again, he's not going to. If he's going to play, the Bruins are always going to extend him, right? So they can wait until after next season and make sure he wants to continue playing. And is anyway. Point being, um, we don't know what of these picks we'll even have by Friday. We may already be short a few of them, and we don't know yet. When does the uh, roster freeze end? I think it doesn't end until the Las Vegas roster is announced. Even though that's locked in a day, a full day before the um, um, award, cer- award ceremony, remember that's supposed to be a secret until then, so there's no way the roster freeze comes up before then. And I really hope it is a secret. I don't. I, I really. I might just not pay attention to Aki Twitter. Um, or any of the insiders or any of that. Because uh, I, I kind of, I want the excitement of finding out. But anyway, so I, I, it's important to know when the roster freeze ends because then teams can trade um, up to the um, the uh, draft. And to be perfectly honest, there will be trades involving players and, and Las Vegas then. Because Las Vegas is drafting 30 people. They're not good. They can't ice a team of 30 which means, realistically speaking, unless they draft a lot of tweener prospects, there's going to be at least seven guys they draft that are get that, that are shipped out between now between now and October. And realistically, so yeah. Anyway, there'll be players on the move. Uh, Las Vegas will be trading much probably because they can't. They can't. They can't have all of them on their roster. So there'll be probably a lot of activity from the end of the award show on Wednesday on Wednesday evening till well through the draft. So Friday could be very interesting. Alternatively, literally, literally, literally every single round pick except for like you know, presumably New Jersey and Phillies. Incidentally, New Jersey, please take Nuku Hishie. I can't see my good boy be playing for the fucking for the fucking Flyers. Fucking Philadelphia, no, please take Nico. Please, Devils. Draft Nico, not Nolan. Yeah, actually, oh yeah, he plays for Halifax, right? Or, yes, he does. Yeah, so um, I, I was, I, I did make note of that, and then I quickly forgot. So basically, we don't know what's going to happen. No, we, but assuming nothing changes, which of course is probably the assumption, um, what do we think the Bruins expect to do with these picks if they have the messages, specifically our 18th overall? I don't know enough about this draft to really make a comment about who they would pick, but what do we think about players? Are they just going to go for um, uh, best player available, or do you think they're going to try to look at a position? Position because last year they clearly looked at positions with their uh, with their draft with their three earliest draft choices. I think that there's a good bet that Sweeney's going to try to 
take that first round draft pick if it doesn't go to Vegas, and he might just try to get an, a left shot D somewhere veteran. I do think that there'll be some emphasis placed on a right wing or a right shot centerman. Mm-hmm. That's a weakness in this in this uh, team. Yep. Um, one player that's likely to be available around them, and Kirk Ludic, he's been very hot on for well over a year, is uh, Ely Tolvanen. Uh, play, it's a Finnish winger that plays for the uh, in the USHL. I think he's a BC Comet. So um, that's probably a player to watch. We'll see. But yeah, I don't know. Really, 18th is not a good enough draft position to be picky. You pick what's there. Yeah. You don't write it off either, though, of course, because, you know, Pasta was, what, 24th overall? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can certainly pick up somebody who's good, but, you know, it's... I have no idea what they'll do. So anyway, it's a big week. Um, so uh, every bit as big as this episode has turned out to be, next week will be uh, also sizable. Yay! Yeah. It's good to have things to talk about until we don't have things to talk about again. Yeah. Well, we've got a few more, right? We get on our show after that's the day after the free agent frenzy, which I hope the Bruins don't participate in. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I'll, I'll be compiling my my list of uh, who goes where and stuff, and I'll probably save it for Monday morning to have interesting conversation, morning coffee chatter or something. But uh, generally, I'm pretty excited about it. We should probably fish up here because uh, I'm kind of getting hungry. Oh, I'm starving. Yeah, it's Father's Day, and I got to call my dad. Ah, uh, <laughs> you dummy! You should have called before. I'm sorry, yep. I didn't mean to call you dummy because I can't see what your face I, looks but like. But you're correct. I should have. Okay, so I was completely correct. Okay, so anyway, it is. Is um, Father's Day. Call your fathers. Um, <laughs> By the time you're listening to this, I hope you called your fathers three days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't and be maybe like Jeff. Nice don't be like Jeff. But uh, anyway, it's okay. It's only 7.30 there. I'm sure your dad is still awake. So, yes. So... Join us next week when we talk about all those fun things uh, involving drafts and expansion drafts and stuff. Either, you know, celebrating Bergie's next Selkie or plotting uh, the awful, awful, monstrous, unforgivable things we're going to end up doing to Ryan Kessler. Oh, now you're going to set me off into a daydream. Anyway. Doing awful, awful, unspeakable things to, to Ryan Kessler. Yes, I'm thinking crowbars. Um, tire irons, um, baseball bats. Wrong end of a hockey stick. Yeah, I get the idea. Yeah. Yes. No, hell, use the tapes curve. Yeah. <laughs> See, that would be appropriate. Using the curve from one undeserving Selkie winner to destroy another. <laughs> I got too much enjoyment from that. We're nerds. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are such hockey nerds. Or is that yeah. like the same? Maybe we can hang them up by a Kopitar jersey, too. <laughs> <laughs> get the trifecta in. Just name it after Bergeron already and just give it to him every fucking year. <laughs> Seriously. Come on. Yeah, and you guys are a bunch of fucking nerds, so that's fine. That's why yes. you like us, isn't it? Please say yes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm guys... not that much of a nerd. Tim, you hang out with us. <laughs> what? You hang out with us. How can you not be a freaking nerd? But, but see, the problem is, is that you're looking at this, like, because I'm saying it in a way that sounds like I should make you defensive. You're making it seem like it's a bad thing. It is great to be a fucking nerd. I can't believe I have to tell you this. This is what Chris Hardwick has been saying for, like, I don't know how many years. Just be a nerd. I, it's fine. I, I, would, I would not be any other fucking way. I love Chris Hardwick. I've just never thought of myself as a nerd, I guess. Do you not think that I haven't every day of my life thought I was a nerd? I usually try to think that I'm really cool, but I know I'm not. I'm a nerd. I, but I'm cool in my way. I'm not like... Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm not like Tuca knocking things over and being really cool, a cool cat <laughs> like that. You know, it's really cool yeah. for cats. I'm a nerd and I would not have it any other fucking way. But it's just really fun to say, oh my God, you're such a fucking nerd. Except it's less fun when I say, yeah, your point. <laughs> yeah, you need to work on that. My delivery is excellent. See, even Nick's a nerd. Oh, yeah. And he's the one who has a social life beyond us. Somewhat. There's another spider in the room, so oh. we're going to wrap this up really quickly. <laughs> he's going to burn down the house now. Let's go. That is how you deal with spiders. You burn down the house. Interesting. That's how I deal with snakes. I burn down the forest. <laughs> I, I told you, like, I could just go and wrangle the snakes for you. Everything would be fine. It's a, as I tweeted to um, uh, to, to Ellen one time, um, uh, you can't make an omelet. If you're going to make an omelet, you got to burn some snakes. <laughs> it made more sense in context. I think it did. And, uh, yeah, I try not to, um, I try not to tweet anything about snakes to her because her phobia is really out of control. I, I mean, mine's the same. That's why I, if I, you know, have an encounter, I, 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 I inform her and she understands because I'm not trying to taunt her because she understands that I'm also pants-shittingly terrified. I just pictured Jeff burning down a forest, throwing rock hammers into the fire, trying to kill off all the snakes now. Oh, poor throw hammers in. All my hammers serve a different purpose. If I burn some hammers, then, uh, then I wouldn't have a hammer for that job. Yeah, but I mean... It, There's it no helps. fewer than eight hammers in my truck right now. <laughs> wow, just, you are a fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to us on SoundCloud. Yeah, apparently a topic on SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, all that stuff. All of them. All of them. You can find us on Twitter at Berlin Topic. You can find us on Facebook at Berlin Topic Podcast. And who was it that found us today? Who liked our post on no, some Facebook. friend of Nick's. They barely count. <laughs> Joshua Shelton. Thanks, Joshua Shelton. That was very nice. Yeah, so you can find us. I mean, you can try to contact us. Uh, you know our stuff by now. And I haven't changed my Twitter handle yet, so. I think this is where Tim comes in. Word! <laughs>